Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Need Some Introduction. I'm your host, Victor, and in today's episode, I'll be breaking down the latest episode of The Boys, the penultimate episode of this third season, called Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed, another long title after the very short Herogasm title from last week. This one does have a literary reference. It's from a nursery rhyme called Lemons and Oranges, I believe, and it has a follow-up line. The rhyming couplet to this one is, Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. I felt like channeling a little bit of butcher there. I'm not sure if this episode has anything to do with lighting you to bed or chopping off your head. (laughs) Just interesting that, that that is the rhyming couplet. And here we have an episode and a TV show, honestly, all about toxic masculinity and daddy issues specifically. Before we get into all of that, just some show notes. Sona just returned to the podcast just this week. Earlier this week, we covered the very entertaining, like honestly, surprisingly entertaining return to the Arconia and the folks at Only Murders in the Building. And Sona and I had exactly the same reaction, whereas we had enjoyed the first season, but it wasn't like we weren't gaga over it the way some people had been. But honestly, going back to this show, it was such a comfort food. (laughs) It was really just so entertaining to reconnect with these folks. And I think they're really onto something. This show can probably run for quite some time. And we had our conversation this week, and we'll be covering that show on and off. It's going to be running for 10 weeks. We will definitely come back to it for its finale, which is about two months away now. But in the middle, we will be covering the finale, the last six episodes of Better Call Saul, which I'm very excited for. And Sona and I will be covering those episodes up until the finale. And those episodes should be coming to you on Tuesdays. Beyond that, my sister and I have been continuing to cover The Old Man, the Jeff Bridges show, which just got renewed for a second season, by the way. Another show that really caught me off guard, I had very low, not low expectations, but just no no expectations for this show and have really enjoyed it so far. Definitely one of my favorite shows I've been watching this season, and that's available on FX and on Hulu if anybody wants to watch along with us. Also beginning next week, I will be covering with my sister as well on our Friday or Saturday episodes, the weekend episode, we'll be catching up not only on The Old Man, we'll be continuing to watch that through its finale in, in about a month, but a new show from Dennis Lehane, the writer of Mystic River and many other bestsellers, based on a true story, a serial killer drama on Apple Plus called Blackbird, and we'll be covering that as well. Make sure you subscribe so you know when those become available, and I do hope you watch those shows. I am very much looking forward to Better Call Saul, of course, and the rest of The Old Man, and very curious about this Blackbird series. A quick pointer, by the way, if you listen to me while you're running or running errands or in your car while you're commuting, you can simply tell Siri, Siri, play the latest episode of Need Some Introduction podcast, and you'll be hearing our most recent episode. And if you have an Alexa device, or if you have an Android device and use Google, works the same, just replace Siri with Google or Alexa. If you'd like to support the show, please recommend this to your friends and family, anybody who might be watching these shows or enjoy the conversation. And I probably, we have a long holiday weekend now this weekend, I probably need to put out a bonus episode. Not sure how I'm going to dole this out, but I have a conversation I had with my sister about this very interesting show called The Bear, all available to stream at once on Hulu, and a workplace dramedy slash family drama slash food show a weird concoction but very successful i think and it'll be one of those shows that people will be talking about throughout the year and honestly i probably would not have watched this show all the way through if it wasn't for its binge model so some shows really are better to go week to week and to digest 
and speculate on like we do on this show. And other shows are better for binging, just to binge right through. And I have that conversation. We also discuss the black phone in some detail. And I'm going to try to watch the finale of Stranger Things and get my review out there as well. So maybe a bonus episode this weekend. I do hope to get that out over the long holiday weekend sometime before next week's Only Murder in a Building recap. So keep your eyes out for that if that sounds interesting to you. With that out of the way, let's get into the episode proper. Let me tell you something, kid. I don't make friends with talent. They're all the same. I mean, they're not all the same. Yeah. Come on, Soldier Boy was a hero, right? I mean, he stormed Normandy. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Two weeks after D-Day for the photo op. So you didn't see any action? Not in Germany. Sprayed a fire hose at Birmingham. Some target practice at Kent State. There were rumors about Daly Plaza. Wait, what? Yeah, and they call them the good old days. The thing is, to be American means knowing you're the hero. So what do we do? We sweep all our filthy shit under the rug, and we tell ourselves a myth like Soldier Boy, and I get stinking rich selling it. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. And here comes a chopper to chop off your head. Not sure the thematics of this, but something that is very clear in the thematics of this show and this episode is those daddy issues I mentioned earlier. And I'll call them out as we break down the episode. Many, many bad dads in this show. And also in this comic book and in this TV series as well, there is definitely a critique of the fantasy that was delivered by the action movies of the 80s. And we have Soldier Boy here representing those movies of that time and the mythology of America that was conveyed in those films. And another theme here in the show and in this series is also the history of the U.S. as this kind of bad dad, constantly gaslighting anybody who disagrees with the standard mythology of the country, and then how those very enforcers, the people who buy into the mythology to get recruited by that very mythology, become victims of it in in a way as well. Interestingly, this is something that is also being explored at this very moment in that show I just referenced, The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. A very different type of genre, a spy show, spy thriller, with a geriatric spy (laughs) at the center of it, but very much also about that time in the 80s and the mythology of the U.S. at that time and what lengths you'll you'll go to to preserve that mythology, even if it means costing people's lives and manipulating the truth to your own ends. In this show, in this episode, a very, very busy episode, we have, once again, much parallel storytelling. We open with the fallout from Starlight's video. And not very surprisingly, Vought News is spinning this as she's a defector. These are unsubstantiated claims. And on top of that, throwing in the fact that, well, why does she have that orphanage? Uh, She's involved with human trafficking. So we have shades of QAnon conspiracies here. And meanwhile, Homelander just continues to follow this storyline they've come up with where they say soldier boy's not even real this thing's not even happening it's all fake news and of course here we have a paralleling to the response to the pandemic just for one example where you can simply deny that it's even happening while of course hospitals are filling up and bodies are piling up i'll put this slight digression in there just to let you know when the pandemic was raging my wife works in a hospital and the hospitals were completely full and of course you saw the footage from new york city where they had caskets piled up outside in refrigerator trucks. And that summer we went up to upstate New York and we were staying at a friend's cabin, socially distanced, of course, just our immediate family. And we went to pick up some groceries at a local farmer's market. And the owner of the market started asking us because 
we, in casual conversation, had brought up the fact that my wife worked in the hospital, etc. And he basically just said, it's not so bad down there, right? That's like, that stuff on the news, they're just putting that up there. That's just made up, right? It's not real. And it just was this real shock to think of the fact that like we were literally in New York, we were in New Jersey and in a populated area of New Jersey. So we were dealing with complete hospital failures and like really dangerous situations. And meanwhile, not that far away, a one hour, one and a half hour drive away, the people we ran into there simply were saying, well, it's not actually happening. That that's that wouldn't happen in the United States. That's just something they put on TV to scare us. And I'm like, no, it's happening. It really is. I do want to call that out because it, it is frustrating when you think about the fact that you know, we living in the cities, if and most of the people who listen to the show, by the way, I know you guys live in and around cities. We're dealing with it day to day. But when you think about the certain perspective of people who are maybe in more rural areas, they simply didn't believe it was happening. <laughs> do with that as you will. In another parallel storyline, we see maybe most of our screen time is spent with this configuration of Huey and Butcher and Soldier Boy adventures throughout the course of this episode. At the beginning of the episode, they've actually gone back to see the legend, the Paul Reiser character. Once again, so surprising, Paul Reiser's back also in the two most recent or final episode season episodes of Stranger Things. And just to think that Paul Reiser had this like moment now where he is on all these genre shows, and I assume it's all callbacks primarily to his villainous role in Aliens. So man, he must be very happy to have the legacy of Aliens, of course, but then what it's done to his career here late in the game. At the Legends luxurious apartment in the city, we see that Soldier Boy is getting at his f- sexual frustrations here, and he likes his ladies on the mature side, let's say. So he's very age appropriate, by the way. He's someone who's in his 70s, 80s, but he doesn't age normally, as some superheroes do not. Some do seem to age. He does not. So very age appropriate. He's attracted to women who would be his biological age. (laughs) But it does require a lot of lube. (laughs) I won't go into details there, but the show does, so don't worry about it. And they're concocting a plan to give Soldier Boy what he wants, which is to meet up with all the members of his original seven. He's killed everybody he's run into so far, by the way, intentionally or unintentionally. And next on the list is Mindstorm. And here he comes up with a plan for identifying where he might be, and it works. I'm really not sure if this plan would work, how truly rare a prescription for lithium would be, but hey, it works. And they head out to this remote location. Turns out we discover Mindstorm's power is to basically, if you make eye contact with him, he can get into your head, can actually see your thoughts. And he creates private hell in your mind that you get trapped within, and you basically just starve to death because you are <laughs> in this, you know, trapped in this fugue state forever or until your body ceases. And unfortunately, Butcher does make eye contact with Mindstorm. And via his own mind jail, we finally see his backstory. Last week, I had speculated that Noir would be heading to see Maeve for her possible team-up. Turns out that they did obviously know where Maeve was, but it's not Noir that heads to see Maeve. It's actually Homelander, who's hoping to find out if she knows where, where this tag team from last week may be. And he's scared. He's scared because he took a punch. And even that scared him enough. He's not impervious, as he's discovered. Now, here we have one of our bad dads, Homelander, not only a dad to his biological son, but threatening a form of rape on Maeve. He wouldn't physically rape her. He wouldn't impregnate her. However, if she decided to commit suicide, he would still harvest her eggs and make a child, and then he would raise that child as his own. So this is a threat to keep Maeve around, because obviously Maeve could potentially just off herself. And this is his way of controlling her, of basically threatening her to say, I'll make a child one way or another, and you won't mother that child. I'll father it. 
And of course, that is maybe the worst risk she can face. She is happy, though, to see that he is scared. She can sense it in, on him. In yet another parallel storyline, we have Frenchie and Kimiko, and they're on a journey this week where Kimiko really wants to get her hands on that V again. I had actually originally speculated that she would need the temp V to heal her body, but that she would choose in the end to stay without superpowers. But that's not the direction this show goes in. She actually begs Starlight to get her some permanent V. And at first, I don't really buy this pivot by Starlight because she decides to go in and get the V for her, even though this is like putting a target on her back. Obviously, she's, you know, persona non grata number one within the Vought building. So that's a little bit of a contrivance to get Starlight to change her opinion on re-superheroing Kimiko. But it does pay off thematically, and I'll get into that when we get to the end of the episode. Frenchie, stressed out from his near-death experience, is using again some heavy drugs, but it doesn't keep him from figuring out what toxin they actually used against Soldier Boy. And a steaming cup of coffee helps <laughs> helps him come up with the theory. Sadly, love is probably not in the cards for these two. Kamiko now without powers tells Frenchie that he's not just a boyfriend, he's family for her now, and that her number one goal is to protect her family. Frenchie's not happy to hear this. And once again, this is all part of the thematics of this episode as well, and we'll get around to all that. Just here in the middle of the episode, digression, we really don't have any kind of <laughs> plot development. Maybe, maybe this pays off somewhere down the line, or maybe it's just a gag, almost like a leftover gag from last week. But to keep deep in the show and have him give him something to do, we see that this strange relationship he's had, this strange manipulation, manipulative relationship he has with his wife, that he, as usual, inadvertently does his own damage here. He purely wants to spice up their sex life, and he now has this loving relationship with an octopus. And he tries to engage a menage a trois between him, his wife, and the octopus. She eventually, the wife, eventually just freaks out and can't take it. She calls the octopus an it, which he finally says, she's, she's a she, she's not an it. Get your pronouns right. <laughs> So, and she storms out. So this, is this the end of the marriage? We will have to see. Or will she go? I mean, she seems to have a thing for her homelander. So we'll see how that works out possibly. In yet another parallel storyline, a pretty complexly staged one. We had seen earlier in the season that Noir is writing these, doing these little cartoons, these little doodles. And not only does he just doodle like he's like a child or something, apparently because he lives such a solitary life, these characters are his friends. These are, this is as close as he has, he gets to having friends. And we see a whole animated sequence which reconstructs the events of that day, the massacre in Nicaragua. And we also see what led up to it. Let's add some more bad dads to our list. First of all, Edgar, terrible bad dad to his adoptive daughter, Victoria. And here once again, as the father of this team, uses Noir's anger against Soldier Boy to have them all turn on him during the mission and hand them over to the Russians. And it turns out the thing that pushes Noir over the edge is that he was actually up for the lead in Beverly Hills Cop, which of course would have been transformational for him. But Soldier Boy beats him badly and basically says, I'm the one who makes movies. You're out of line. Also, it turned out that the day of, I had joked in an earlier recap here in this podcast that ironically, Noir had gotten the worst of it when there was the attack on the guerrilla base in Nicaragua. Turns out that wasn't how he got damaged. He was beaten nearly to death by Soldier Boy, but the team does gang up on him. Collectively, they're able to gas him, and he's taken away by the Russians. Here, as we get past the midpoint of the episode, some other side stories get some more detail. One is just a very funny detail where, where Huey and uh, 
where Huey and Soldier Boy, while they're trying to track down Mindstorm, run into some a priest and a nun in the middle of the street. Sounds like a joke. And Soldier Boy starts nicely, but before you know it, he ends up shooting the priest in the head. The nun starts to freak out and cry over his body. Huey says, what are you doing? And Soldier Boy says, this is how he works. He gets these people, he's brainwashed them, he's turned them to assassins. And Huey thinks that Soldier Boy's reacting totally irrationally and that he has PTSD. And that's why he's been smoking all this pot to take the edge off. And then the nun jumps on him like something out of a demonic possession movie. So bad dad or not, Soldier Boy was right in this case. Speaking of bad dads, just to draw the parallel between all these bad dads and Soldier Boy's behavior in the past, we see almost a direct parallel, almost a direct cut from Noir's backstory to Butcher inside of his own mind, re-experiencing the day he left or what led up to him leaving the house, joining the military, and abandoning his brother, which is something he feels guilty for. I mean, his, and his father himself has thrown that at him as well. And we discover over the course of the episode that this is what, directly or indirectly, led to his brother Lenny's suicide. Also here we see Homelander is starting to spin out of control. He's at a political rally, and he's just completely fixated on propaganda around Starlight, just making things up off the cuff. And Victoria and the other organizers of the event are trying to get him back on, ta- on track. And he also freaks out for a moment. He sees someone in military fatigues in the crowd, and suddenly imagines that it's Soldier Boy. And his eyes light up, his laser eyes light up. And Victoria identifies this right away. He was about to lose it at that moment. Something funny happens here also. If you remember from earlier episodes, that warm milk, that warm mother's milk is the only thing that calms him down. So as he's wandering through this event at this farm, he does find a cow that needs to be milked. And he chugs some of that warm mother's milk. And is interrupted by Victoria, by the way. And he nearly strangles her to death at that moment. Look, I'm going to tell you the truth here because no one else will. Pull your shit together, admit it, soldier boy, and take control of this situation. <laughs> you think uh, I'm not in control? No. I think you just spent the last 20 minutes ranting about Starlight instead of talking of the next president of the United States. Your homelander. Button your shit up. You're flailing this whole fucking scene right here. Just... I'm sorry. Go on, please. You need someone you can trust. Someone like you. I got rid of Edgar for you. That cost me a lot. What I'm proposing is strictly a transactional relationship. You help me out with one small favor. And I help you. But she has a piece of paper. And what's on that piece of paper? We still don't know. But whatever it is, it gets his attention and he releases her. And she basically promises to partner with him to help him out but she needs a favor so yet another put that on the board mysteries for next week what's the favor and what's the paper about and one more little aside on the episode a train lives and irony of irony he killed blue hawk but now blue hawk's heart is in his body so he can run again he's gonna have to rehab but he'll be able to run again didn't see that coming <laughs> i assumed he survived last week but i didn't think they would take the heart from uh, blue hawk to fix Ace Train's health health problems. But not a bad solution to that whole predicament. I just mentioned that Homelander needs that warm mother's milk to keep him under control. It's the only thing that soothes the savage beast. Speaking of mother's milk, we see that he has gone to visit Todd because he notices from an Instagram posting that Todd and Janine, M.M.'s daughter, are at that Homeland appearance. Of course, M.M. is very upset about this because not only does he despise the soups, of course, and is very annoyed that Todd is falling for this conspiracy theory hook, line, and sinker, but also just the fact that, hey, if Soldier Boy, who already killed his whole family, M.M.'s family in the past, 
turns up and a big battle breaks out, everyone there is going to die. And that would be his daughter as well. But of course, Todd doesn't even believe it's true. So hey, who cares? But this all ends up with M.M. punching him in the face when he critiques him for not being a present dad, which is true, by the way. So here we have two bad dads, two in one. Following up on what happened earlier in the episode, we see that Starlight has indeed broken into Vought. Terrible idea, by the way. But this contrivance pays off somehow. She's able to get all the way into the lab, get her hands on some of that V, and then somehow get into the notes on the temporary V and then figure out... <laughs> she read very quickly or whatever. Or they just like made a big circle saying that this kills you in three to five doses! Exclamation point. And she found that. Regardless, she finds out Temp V will kill you. Starlight runs into Homelander and cleverly weaponizes her Instagram following once again and lives to fight another day. I saw it the night that you killed Supersonic. You know what I remember from that night? I remember what I told you would happen to Huey. You walk. That's next. Good luck with that. Now that you've told my 190 million followers, I'm still pretty famous. Hey, everybody. That's me. I gotta go. Starlight. What? You're not supposed to record us when we're running lines. So things start to culminate here towards the end. Some big reveals, as well as the, the culmination of the Huey, Mindstorm, Butcher, Soldier Boy plot that has been driving this episode. This is very clever, by the way. They do find Mindstorm, and Huey, smart, smart kid, teleports and teleports him out of there instantly. Right to Butcher's body, of course. Huey negotiates with Mindstorm, telling him, I'll take you anywhere you want. You just have to free Butcher from his situation. Which he does do, but just at the moment in his internal state, where he's actually confronted by his brother, crit criticizing him for abandoning him, for not coming back, and he basically has to bear witness to his brother's suicide. You served me up to him on a plate. I didn't. I, I, I wouldn't. It's been six months since you came to check on me. Not once. Then I'm sorry, but they, they just wouldn't let me out of the barracks. Oh, Jesus, please. Please, fuck, no. He's beating the living shit out of me, Billy. Day in and day out. Can't take no more. Please, Len, don't. You fucking knew what he'd do. It's your fault. No, don't say that. That's that's not true. I, I'm not that bastard. Come off it, Billy. You always have been. Because anyone who's ever loved you, you end up getting them killed, don't you? Me, Becca, now Yui. The last person in God's green earth trying to stop you from being a monster. And what do you do? Drag him down to your level. When he dies, and he will. No one can stop you. Can they? No! And of course, at that very moment, Soldier Boy shows up very intelligently, by the way. He uses a knife right to the eye to disable Mindstorm and then puts a sack over his head to keep him from using his powers. By the way, this is very bad planning. You have someone who can teleport. Basically, you draw out Mindstorm. The teleporter pops up behind them puts a sack over his head, problem solved. If any of you out there find yourself in this specific situation, remember that plan. So now we see, we've been hinted at many times throughout the show, and as a matter of fact, that is actually what we saw earlier. There was a moment where he saw 
Huey taking the V and he saw him as a young younger version of and I couldn't place who is that that he's seeing turns out he was seeing Lenny he was seeing his younger brother so of course it's direct correlation between Huey his temperament his demeanor his physique even compared to his younger brother before Soldier Boy kills Mindstorm Mindstorm does give him a very very important piece of information which we're not privy to until the very end but these three men are back at the Legends apartment I believe at the end of the episode and they're all in a very pensive state given the situation they've just encountered Butcher gets a call from Starlight who warns him warns him that that V that temp V is making holes in their brains and between three and five dosages that's it it's going to kill you but when Butcher has a chance to tell him about the temp V he doesn't tell him it's going to kill him he tells him he needs more of it because they're going to follow through with their plan and when you think about the number of doses that Huey's had three I think at this point and Butcher's had more than three this could be his last ride unlikely as that is from a plot perspective from a the survival of the show perspective, I should say. Here's where some of that thematics comes in. We see that Starlight tells Kamiko that she is going to save Huey, whether he likes it or not. Something that she criticized Huey for saying in the very last episode. So interesting, this reversal that Starlight's experiencing. When the shoe's on the other foot, she makes the same decision. And Kamiko takes that permanent V and she heals immediately. And last and definitely not least, we find out that little bit of news that Soldier Boy found out from Mindstorm. Soldier Boy is Homelander's daddy. More bad dads. Like father, like son, two sociopaths in a pod. Turns out, Vogelbaum made a kid. Born spring, 1981. A boy. You know what the bitch of it is? If they'd have just kept me around, I'd have let you take the spotlight. What father wouldn't want that for his son? All right, so this was a very eventful episode. Lots of surprises for me, lots of things I was not expecting at all. But at the same time, I feel that the show, which is such a maximalist show anyway, so they're definitely not going to be subtle with their plotting. But they have really put too much on their plate here, I think. We have the revelation that Soldier Boy and Homelander are related. And I no longer think that there's going to be this Soldier Boy-Homelander battle royale to see who ends up being the king of the hill i think they got to team up together with this revelation that they're related this psycho team up is the worst possible circumstance for all these folks two invulnerable (laughs) super monsters who probably believe that they together can rule the world better than anybody else a defeat of homelander obviously requires soldier boy's powers but my theory here's my theory and i do think this is going to pay out soldier boy has that trigger he has that ptsd trigger if they can discover what it is then you can imagine a nice, warm, friendly father-son embrace with Soldier Boy detonating and eradicating Homelander's powers. By the way, we see another minor, little subtle call-out from Homelander earlier this episode that all the supers that survived that blast lost their powers. And it fried, as he described it, that Soldier Boy had fried the V right out of their veins. So once again, the possibility that just that very thing happens to Homelander. Of course, understanding with the nerve agent that was able to knock out Soldier Boy gives them a weapon against maybe Homelander and Soldier Boy both, a way to knock them out, and a team up of Noir plus Maeve plus Butcher plus Starlight plus MM even, Kamiko and A-Train, and the Deep. I don't think the Deep's going to get involved in either side of this. This does seem like too much story to try to wrap up next week, especially when you think about some of these thematic concerns the show has introduced over the course of the season. But maybe, maybe this is all one big story. Maybe this is going to culminate where all these different threads have actually been not 
different things that are happening, but one thing that all comes together perfectly. And I just have not seen the shape of it. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that be the result here. But given the way this show has been in the past, I think that it's not plotted that way. There's, it's usually pretty on the face what's, what happens from episode to episode. And I don't think I see that happening. But we are definitely going to see a giant battle between all these different folks and different configurations next week. On the thematic side, I find it very interesting that you have this situation where Kamiko, Starlight, Huey, and throw MM in there as well, where they're all dealing with this thing of saying, being a super is bad, having all this power is bad, but I want it for the purposes of helping somebody else. And the question becomes, is that self-serving? And the most obvious example of that is MM, where MM is so fixated on getting rid of Soldier Boy because of the damage he did to his family, even though in many ways it's a suicide mission for him because he refuses to take these the, the Temp V, which I actually do think that he's going to take the Temp V next week because Butcher is going to say, you take it or Huey takes it and Huey's going to die. So you have to be the one who takes it. So I do think that we're going to see that. And that's interesting as well, because as Kamiko mentioned earlier, and as other characters have mentioned as well, Butcher for one, the V isn't the thing that makes people evil. The V just exposes the things that are already there and accentuates them. So who is MM going to be when he has all this power? could be a very, very ugly version of himself. But it's a very interesting theme where these people, because they are so afraid of the guilt of failing the people around them, that they fail them every single day in little ways because they're afraid of failing them in one big way. So the fear of that one big failure basically makes them all into bad dads, to put another fine point on it. Beyond that, I, I did not see, it's right in plain sight, but I did not see the Homelander soldier boy twist. I don't know how I missed this. It's so funny because when I do these recaps, there are times when I predict, for example, when I did Mayor of Easttown, as far as I know, nobody in any of the blogs and articles and the media that I saw had any idea what was happening with the finale of that show. And I predicted it. So in some ways I could be very clever in solving these things. And then here is something that is right in plain sight, obvious as the nose on your face, and I didn't see it coming. So I do like to be surprised. So I was happy to see that. Let me know. Reach out to me. Need some introduction at gmail.com. If you guys had that predicted or not, let me know. Beyond that, some more thematics here. These are all boys, right? So I think this is a big commentary in the show is that bad dads uh, create more bad dads. And it's the cycle of this toxic masculinity or, the, or this cult of masculinity, this need to seek out these superpowers in the context of the show to present yourself as this invulnerable being and that unattainable false story then infects the next generation of boys. And then those boys are always trapped as boys, right? Whether you see Noir drawing his cartoons or whether you see Butcher reliving his childhood traumas or Ryan sidelined in the whole entire show or the, what's happening between M.M. and his daughter, this neglect, this inability for them to resolve their own things and their fear of confronting them causes them to infect the next generation with it. And then that is the cycle that repeats itself over and over and over again. And I do think they're doing a pretty good job here of developing that theme. And specifically in the context of the show, as even a broader cr criticism of the powers that be, you see that not only are these boys broken but they are aspiring to be these dads, these bad dads who were in and of themselves insecure boys, but presented something completely different. And then these boys aspiring to that thing, then being weaponized by someone like Edgar, for example, who sees these broken boys and says, aha, I can weaponize that for my own means. And that is the cycle we see over and over again. But even the people who are fighting against these toxic superheroes have their same 
toxic cycle that they're trapped in as well. All right, so that's the episode. Check out this weekend. I do believe I will have time to throw together that Strangers Thing review episode. And then early next week, once we're back from vacation, more conversation with Sona about Only Murders in the Building, that conversation with my sister about the bear, and of course, all leading up to the main event of Better Call Saul, the return of Better Call Saul for the finale. And simultaneously, running in parallel, will be our coverage of the show The Bear. And of course, The Old Man still has three more episodes, so three more episode recaps of The Old Man as well, all within the next month, month and a half. So stay tuned for all of that. Make sure you subscribe, and you'll get notified when that becomes available. And I'll talk to you soon.